Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast for a new book that we're covering. That's an old book, but we're excited. Mm-hmm. My name's Dan, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ed. Hello, hello. And Noma. Hello there. This is a Temple Archives episode, and we're back to the basics on this one. Ed, what are we covering today? We are covering the final novel in the Thrawn Ascendancy series. This is book three, Lesser Evil. Um, we're going to talk about what happened in this novel, what may, well, there's only to talk about what may happen because this is the novel that ties in the prequel series of Thrawn to the, I guess, mid-series or like the, just the regular Thrawn series that starts off with him and first contact with the empire um it's it's a wild ride it's a really really long listen it's about 24 hours of straight listening if you do that congratulations to you i think audible gives you a prize for that actually one of those <laughs> achievements that they have but we're going to discuss the events of the book and easter eggs they're always they're always present in some way shape or form in these books but we will talk about them too and then we'll talk about how it leads into the actual main Thrawn series and then what could happen from there, giving everything that we know about the Ahsoka series and Thrawn there and how these things will tie in. Because I think it's a really good it's a really good time to give this book a read or listen, because everything that we've seen after season one of Ahsoka really paints into a picture of how everyone's talking about how his demeanor has changed, everything like that. He's been gone for 10 years at that point. And from what the events that we know in this book, that could be significant into what he was trying to do initially. So we'll get into this one. If there's any comments, questions, or other things that you've seen from this book that we don't mention, please get in contact with us. Please, please do so. But first, where did we listen to this from this audio book? Did we grab it off the net randomly? Did we, no, we got it off Audible. So incoming, we have our Audible <laughs> ad. Please bear it's with us. It's been a hot minute, hasn't it? Yeah, you can uh, listen to this audiobook and all other audiobooks, basically, that are on market um, over on audible.ca, audible.com. Um, but uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to audibletrial.com slash voiceforcepod. And if you sign up using that link, it gives us a little bit of a kickback that we can use to reinvest into the podcast and make our sound a lot better and also give us uh, more resources to make the podcast uh, better for you guys. Um, and yeah, just make sure that you have other choices apart from audiobooks on this platform. There's podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals um, that you won't find anywhere else. And the one that comes to mind that uh, I think, Ed, you listened to this one or you've heard of it is Nameless. Um, yes. We mentioned it a few times when we talked about Audible before and uh, how interesting these originals can be. But they also have other things on there. One that I downloaded recently was uh, the first book of the Witcher series. And uh, I, I wanted to get into that one. So once I find some, some time after I'm done my podcasts on Audible, then I can get into that book. So <laughs> do you guys have any recommendations for anybody that is interested in joining Audible and wants to spend their first couple credits? Absolutely. Um, I will always talk about it. I'll always hype it up. It's an older book now, but Red Rising, that whole series, beautifully narrated. Beautifully narrated. The second one I'd have is the Bartimaeus trilogy. If you haven't listened to that one, it's it's a young it's a younger one. It's, but it's it's if you if you want comedy as you read, it's it's fantastic. It was it's a great series as well. Both these 
both those two series have like multiple books in them at least three or four really really go listen to those you will not be disappointed uh, on my end, I'm much more horrifically biased. If you go through my Audible library, there are only two different uh, types of books that I have, and that's Star Wars and Warhammer. Warhammer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Gaunt's Ghosts. Oh, Gaunt's Ghosts. The Eisenhorn Trilogy. The Ravener Trilogy. The Blood Angels. Uh, Devastation of Baal. Uh, I mean, the nice thing with Games Workshop is that they are putting um, a pretty good amount of effort into their audiobooks. Um, one of my favorites is there's a one-hour uh, audio drama, so that means that every character is narrated uh, by a different voice actor, the narrator is a different voice actor, the sound effects and music. Those are always really good. Um, yeah, and that's called Hunger, uh, which is a Flesh Terrors uh, audio drama, so... Is that the one you sent yeah, us? It, like you were showing us? I, I showed you a little bit yeah. of that. I do, I do want all three of us to sit down and That was a long time. That was like years yeah. ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, again, super biased. Warhammer 40k, always. It's an amazing universe. Uh, yeah, and the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. There's only good audiobooks. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you do sign up uh, using the audibletrial.com forward slash voiceforcepod, if you're just a normal member of Amazon and are not on Prime, you get one credit. And if you are already a Prime member, you get two credits for free, which means you can get any audiobooks you'd like or audio dramas Ooh. you'd like on that platform um with those credits so feel free to support the podcast if uh, you'd like to do that with that being said you can also support the podcast by contacting us and no will let you know how you can let us know what you thought of this book or other uh material that we cover on this podcast absolutely uh so yeah one of the easiest ways as always is our website and that is voiceoftheforce.com we've also got our email and that is connect at voiceoftheforce.com uh, social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Uh, the handle for all of those is at VoiceForcePod. As always, retweeting and reposting our new episode tweets does help with growing a listener base and is very much appreciated. And you can listen, rate, review, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. Reviewing us with five stars and a comment helps with visibility. And as always, you can subscribe for free for the latest episode as soon as it releases. Uh, now, we've already done our Audible ad, so I'll make this uh, spiel a little bit shorter. Um, but we are on Twitch uh, at least twice a week. That is twitch.tv slash voiceforcegaming. Uh, as always, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. EST, uh, you can catch me and my VTuber friend, Roomba friend, uh, doing co-op games. We're doing Baldur's Gate right now. We're thinking of switching to a Soulsborne. That'll be uh, that interesting and very painful. The new one? Uh, the one that came out. So, so we're looking at like... Liza P. Liza P's not co-op, as far as I know. Okay. Um, but we're looking at either Code Vein, um, or trying out the Elden Ring co-op mod. Yeah. Uh, so okay. It'll depend okay. on whether we're thinking more anime or more pain. Uh, but yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, isn't anime Code, pain? Code Vein. Excuse you. I mean, there's some animes that do that. Depends yes. on what you want to go for, right? Because I found Code yeah. Vein, even like when you had somebody, it was it was pretty forgiving. Oh yeah, sense. and it's just it's pure anime fight. Yeah, hard, yeah. hard fight. Co Code Vein is uh, I've I've gotten about halfway through I think, um, and then my own co op campaign fell apart. But yeah, it was basically like a a Dark Souls light. Yeah. Um, outside of like one or two bosses, which were actually quite tough. Yeah, it's just like you're you're what what's it called? It's basically like Tokyo Ghoul Souls. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not we'll necessarily a bad thing for a stream. I feel like it allows you to kind it, of interact with people a bit more. It's just yeah, you. 
it's it's lighthearted enough. It's just it's got that Dark Souls two mentality where like enemies don't really de aggro yeah. unless you run really? like, the entirety of them. They oh, will no. after a certain amount of time. Or or level like height changes. Like oh, if you go I up see. a ladder, they won't. But that's they won't it. follow you. Yeah. However, but, Souls down, one was bad for that too. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one was bad, but two was even worse. Really, like, that bad? They, oh they, my god! They, they would try to go through you. a fog wall, and they'd start hitting you anyway. It's, yeah, they they would they would literally chase you across like three quarters of the entire level. Oh my god! <laughs> like they just wouldn't give up uh, because it had to be harder because that was what people liked, right? Um, but yeah, so there's that, and then on uh, Fridays at six p.m. EST, uh, there are my armor operations with the ninety first Mobile Reconnaissance Force. Uh, those are always a lot of fun. Uh, I don't mean to humble brag, but the as of recording, the last stream that uh, we did was a very fun operation, and it's got the most views I think so far on our channel. No, nice. uh, we're at, yeah, we're thirty nine so far, which is pretty nice. Very good. Um, yeah, so thanks for everyone who showed up for that one. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, if you're ever curious about what Arma, because Arma is, it's like Battlefield or, yeah, Battlefront. Battle, oh my God, which one's the Battlefront. one? Battlefield, yeah. Well, Battlefield. Yeah, oh, Battlefield, the Arma specifically. Yeah, yeah, okay. I see what yeah, you're Arma itself is more like Battlefield and our operations are more like Battlefront, but on a slightly more realistic scale. Hmm. Um, not to say that we don't have fun. If you're ever curious about what those uh, streams are like, um, I do try and clip all of the moments that I think are really good and put them up uh, on our page so you can find all those clips there, see if you like it. Did you clip um, the uh, part where you're dropping down the tank with the lat and then it like glitched and then you guys exploded? Oh, there's there's one this week that's even better. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, it was pretty rough. So, that's good. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I will, at, at the very least, I try to stream at least those two days a week. Um, sometimes on Saturdays, depending on if I'm free or not. But as always, um, if there are any games that people are interested in uh, watching us play, let us know. Um, I just recently completely beat Armored Core. So if anybody is ever curious about watching that playthrough, um, I'm more than happy to go back, replay some of the missions. Uh, man, the, the new game plus plus end, ending is intense. Is it way it, better it than was, the first one? It's, I don't know about better. It's very confusing. I put it like... It's like I, I Evangelion put, style. Confusing. I was going to say, it, it's like, <laughs> it's not on, It's not at the the end of Evangelion, but it's like pretty... I'm going to need to figure out what the hell was going on, but it's the hardest fight in the game. Nice. Like, bar, bar none. Is there another um, ending that you can get to after this? Or no, is, I've gotten it? all three endings now. Nice, um, okay. Is it your favorite ending of the three? No, no, no. Okay. No. The second ending is my favorite of, cool. of the three. The but uh, you know, it's a classic from soft game. So in, in no matter what ending you're playing, it it feels it's just it's incredibly depressing. Not great, it's bleak yeah. as fuck. <laughs> it, it, it's like uh, well, I I, I don't want to get too much into spoilers for endings, but it's it's like cool. We did it, guys, and all it cost was every single friend I made along the no. way. <laughs> classic, cla If you played a Dark Souls game, you know exactly what you're in for. It's the it's opposite of one piece yeah hey, Henry. oh no yeah oh, oh don't worry those sigmires oh solaire okay well um but yeah so that is about it for our Twitch stuff yeah um from here i guess uh you know we're about to start talking about the lesser evil uh we are going to i'm gonna try something different that i'll talk about right before we get into the synopsis mm -hmm. however uh, we are going to be giving you a synopsis of the book, and then we're going to be talking about it as if you've seen it. Uh, so if you do want to see 
uh, see for yourself, I guess, The Lesser Evil, uh, which we all definitely recommend. It's a long book. Oh, it's so it good, though. very good. It takes a um, minute to get into. Like, it yes. literally takes a little while, like a few hours, I think, to get yeah. into. Start yeah. ramping up. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely worth it. So if you do want to be unspoiled, stop here. Go listen to it and then come back. Um, but with that being said, that is the final spoiler warning. So let's get into the final Thrawn Ascendancy book. Woo! So, like I said, this is Thrawn Ascendancy, book three, The Lesser Evil. The author is Timothy Zahn, of course. Uh, the cover artist is Sarovsky Design. Uh, and the narrator for the audiobook is Mark Thompson. Uh, if I've mispronounced anybody's name, which I think would just be Sarovsky Design, um, I apologize. But yeah, this book is big, and it is no matter whether you're reading or listening, there's a lot. Uh, it is a 23-hour audiobook. So, to save uh, the listeners from a what would basically be an hour and a half point-by-point -point synopsis, um, I'm going to try and compress the synopsis as much as I can. I'm just going to give general points to the story, um, and then we can dive right in, because as much as I really do like this book... Uh, there is so much stuff that happens. We just can't do it justice in a synopsis. Exactly. And I'm going to forget stuff and things are going to get left out. Um, so, yeah, the the overarching plot of this book is kind of the continuation of the last two, where uh, in the first book, we didn't know about them. But in uh, the second book, we were learning uh, eventually about uh, Jixus and his uh, strange kind of uh, shadow back and forth battle against Thrawn. Um, so we learn a bit more about him in this book, such as his, uh, which was hinted in the last book, but his species, the Grisk, and their own kind of like strange shadow empire that they have that nobody else seems to know about. Um, from what we see of Jixus in this book, he's basically completely veiled. We don't ever get any sense of what he looks like, just what he sounds like. We don't even hear, we, we only hear one other Grisk, I think. Uh, the entire book, and it's basically like a low-level operative, but it is all about his attempt to uh, destroy the Chiss Ascendancy by, as we learn as we go into the book, starting to try and turn the uh, nine head families against each other. Uh, and he does so by basically a entire campaign of misinformation, where he's trying to convince uh, the more jealous houses uh, that the other houses are making are grabbing at a power play to basically unseat them for more power. And the ones who are power hungry enough, uh, which turns out to be like two or three, um, basically dive into it wholeheartedly uh, whole and agree to use his, as he's pretending, uh, his forces, which are the Kilji ships, which don't look very intimidating because uh, all their weapons are basically like shuttered every time they make contact, to uh, build up uh quote quote fleets um that he basically use you ends up using as mustering points so that when he launches his main attack on uh chiss space the sh you'll literally have fleets stationed on the uh, inside chiss space to take them over um to that end as well his secondary plan which is i think i'm uh and correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure it's, it's what aralani ends up uh figuring out um, alongside um, Senior Captain Zalinda? Zarinda? Zainda. Zainda. Yeah. Um, 
So the two of them basically learn uh, that Jixtus has taken the old, um, uh, what were they called? The guys in the la the second book, the Nakir, Nakiri. Um, they're basically using their old stations. To oh, the Nicardoon. Nicardoon. Yes. There we go. Yeah, the Nicardoon. I, I knew that was slightly wrong. Being manipulated by the, the Grisks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they're basically using um, the Grisks are basically using the old Nicardoon outpost that uh, they assume the Chiss aren't going to look at to retrofit their own ships to look like Chiss Defense Force or Chiss House Fleet ships, so they can start um, basically making false attacks to amp up this sense that the the nine families are vying against each other more directly. Um, it almost works. Uh, the captain that we've heard about a couple of times, um, who really doesn't like Thrawn, whose name is, uh, and I might mess this up again, but uh, Ro Rosen, Ros Senior Captain Roskin, Ro uh, Roskew, Ros Roskew, something like yeah. that. Roskew, um, I think. Yeah. Um, she basically is one of the people that falls for it, and then eventually uh, realizes that her own patriarch of the... Uh, of her family has teamed up with, yeah, the Clar have teamed up with uh, Jixus um, and are stationing a fleet um, within Chiss space. Uh, realizes that the, uh, basically at the final hour, T ends up begrudgingly teaming up with Thrawn after her own patriarch basically sends her to get killed. And when she comes back to demand answers, demotes her and tries to, to get yeah, her to use I loved her. Glory. I didn't like her at first because she was like mm. obviously like the anti Thrawn, like she was supposed to like just be hard headed. But man, she comes around. Yeah, well, I mean, it's only once her her own personal stakes are at risk, which makes um, sense for that kind of character. But it's yeah, just like but... it was a really interesting development for her. Mm -hmm. yeah. It it is a it is a very uh, interesting. Was, character. was she was she senior captain Rosku, and then she got demoted to something, and then. Yeah, her, yeah. Was yeah. Rivlex her patriarch? Yeah, I think Rivlex, Rivlex was, yeah. Because they, they have that uh, confrontation quotes at the end of the Yes, book. yeah. yeah. Step okay. down. No, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> well, she, he, he literally is like, cool, you're relieved of duty. Uh, midshipman, you're now captain. And the captain's like, cool, you tried to get me killed. Go fuck yourself. Yep. Um, and then basically uh, helps go along with that plan. Um, so while that's happening at the same time, we do get a, a bunch of subplots. I'm not going to go into a lot of them because a lot of them are house feuding and I don't care. I still don't care about uh, Patriarch Thurfian um, and his like <laughs> stupid... How about me Thurfian Nico? Was it? I, I'm not saying his full name. <laughs> um, but yeah, like his whole thing to basically him and um, uh, what's his name? It starts with a Z. Um but him and his his best his quote his, friend his best friend yeah yeah <laughs> who and uh, who ends up hating him anyways because then the house stuff comes into it um, their attempts to to get Thrawn demoted or just punished in some way um, basically messing with everything uh, there's another subplot uh, between uh, Thurfian Thurfian uh, Thalius Cheery and uh, the Magus of the Patatus. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff going on there. It has some like overlying force stuff, but basically it's very strange. The Mega seems to be force sensitive. She seems to realize that Chiri's force sensitive and that lets her share nightmares with Chiri or like basically it's, it's the Megas's entire purpose. This book seems she to be trying her a little to, bit too. 
yeah at one point. Yeah. it's mind melding um, really yeah pretty much and and so it ends up being this weird thing where the magus is trying to like harness the force to use for like far seeing basically and yeah like, like she just wants extending to her meditation. vision right kind of yeah it's like a really clumsy battle meditation yes um of like seeing distant threats coming in but like not knowing any of the steps to get there yeah um so yeah like uh like you guys mentioned at one point that turns like near the end of the book that turns into like this semi-forced possession um and basically it's it's at like the 11th hour it's right before like the final head-to-head between thrawn's forces and um jixus is about to go down well jixus with his uh, his actual Grisk ships and uh, the Kilji's battle force. Um, and it basically comes down to a thing where Thales offers to sacrifice herself instead um, because she's done a whole bunch of things as well in her own subplot to get uh, Thurfi in to try and help um, and then ends up being basically uh, resolved because mid-captain Zamacro uh, basically threatens the glass I the, love some the part of the planet. Oh, it's really good. He's, like, he basically, he's one of my favorite characters in this whole series. He, he's definitely had one of the best uh, like glow ups. Like, Absolutely, all three books. Um, but yeah, he basically threatens like, okay, if you're not going to release my uh, my people, I'm just gonna kill you all because you're not really important to the last battle. And Thrawn might be angry, but I don't really care. And so, <laughs> uh, the the Magus uh, surrenders control, and then is irrelevant for the rest of the book. Um, and we've also got with her Wingali, who's a much more empathetic. Oh yeah, Wingali. Um, yeah, member of of that species. Um, but yeah, so basically, like all this stuff's happening. I'm, I'm. We've also got like there's so many other characters that are doing stuff. We've got, um, oh my god, why why our cure uh, Kiori of Yuan Yeah, still Yuri. kind of still kind of just what, like Rick. trudging around, being uh, Jixus's uh, like indentured servant basically yeah he's, he's essentially like against his will now like they're like yeah. you have to work for us there is yeah, no choice we'll kill you yeah so there's a there's a lot of back and forth he's serving uh, on a uh Kilji ship for a while um that ship gets destroyed by thrawn he manages to escape <laughs> yeah. right before it happens then he gets picked up by thrawn then he has a talk with him then he goes back to jixtus and because jixtus or yeah jixtus and because jixtus have been treating him so terribly the whole time um, basically, when the main battle, which I'll talk about in a second, goes south, um, Jixus runs off the Kilji ship. Uh, Kyori mm-hmm. eventually takes over command to cripple the ship that Jixus is now on. I love that. Um, that was so stupid funny. He it, was like, it was, stop being depressed. We got this. It basically, it reminded me it. of a movie that I do, I do not... Um, have a lot of respect for and so I, while i thought it was very funny it was like oh this is an avatar the last airbender yeah yeah stop being yeah and it's the same thing you said dan it was like stop being depressed you've got earth right under you you ate do an elaborate dance move so that that one dude can throw a rock at that one yeah. firebender except instead of that it's it's more effective i will be your leader uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 interesting. We can talk about that if we talk about the kill G, but it's it's a whole. I have a thing, thing with that as well. It, it ties into another Star Wars book that I guess is I don't know if it can be considered canon anymore. I don't think it is. Okay, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, so the last thing I I think the thing that is most important through the book are the final chapters, um, which are that. Uh, Thrawn sets up a plan with all of his allies that 
Uh, and we're also given a big red herring about it, but that's not super important. So I'll talk about that later. Um, where he basically makes it look like his own fleet has ripped itself to shreds as if uh, Jixus's uh, civil war plan has worked. Right. So that when he shows up, uh, Jixus himself is chasing a lead that Thrawn planted about the Magus and this like future battle foresight that he knows Jixus will want. Um, so Jixus shows up, goes, oh, the battle's already won, lets his guard down so his fleet goes into the middle of the debris field. And then it turns out, no, all the Chiss ships were pretending. Um, and they're using the gravity well generator that they picked up in the last book yep. um, in concert to basically completely cripple Jixus's fleet from its normal maneuvers and allowing uh, the Chiss very accurate uh, in-system jumps because they can force themselves out of hyperspace through their own generators which is so crazy um, it's such yeah, a drawn move it's it's a yeah it's it's a very very good plan and it works like perfectly it goes fully according to plan there are a couple points where they're like oh this character might die this ship might die nope it's like perfect concert whole plan goes off without a hitch um however the amount of like rules quote quote that thrawn has stepped on uh, basically, the amount of social faux pas that he's made. Political um, is, destruction, essentially, for himself. It, it's the fact that... It, it, the thing that, that is most frustrating in this book is the fact that Thrawn himself didn't actually break any rules in all of the steps leading up to this. It's just the amount of egos that he steps on yes, yep. Yep. in order to execute the plan. It's Menzel Baranzan politics, and it just drove yes. me insane. <laughs> yeah. Very much. Yeah. It's everyone's ego at the, like, 110%, and they're all just trying to murk each other over exactly like political power and like egotism and how good i feel now yeah oh, politics um, are supposed to be separate from the defense force yeah. but the families are in it so politics are in it anyway and it's just yeah. like well you see yeah, how this doesn't mess. work yeah. You know, yeah they were ready to sacrifice themselves just to uphold some bullshit there was a few times was... where like the politics got through the the military well the, the, the amount of times in this book where someone says family politics aren't supposed to enter x and they're doing it they're anyway. entering it and they don't care they're like well you know what it's it's like, happening. So there's no punishment for that no but yeah. make or forbid you guys do up. something then it, oh it's like yeah but you hurt the ceo's fuck. feelings yeah. so now there will be reprisals so basically that that's what happens is that by the end of it the campaign's successful they've haven't killed but they've crippled Jixus and basically driven him off back into wherever in the chaos he's from. But because he's bruised so many egos, um, the ruling families uh, conspire to get... They do Always. They do get Jixus. Well, Jixus gets himself, because at, at the end of it, basically, Kalori cripples the ship so he can't mm. jump. And from there, he's just like, well, fuck you all, I'm going to curse you from... Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right, I forgot. the Grisk, they don't let themselves get captured. They blow their ships up. So, But they knew what to do from the last book because they got caught unawares when they destroyed themselves and they were too close to the blast zone. So when they realize Thrawn realizes it's going to happen, he's like, "Every ship get away yeah. from the uh, ship so right now." Ar- Aralani gives the that order. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. Does, yeah. But you're right. I forgot they all blow themselves up. Jixus gives his last speech about he how, and it's very on point. He, he Jixus gives his speech about how uh, Thrawn might have won. However, There's they're not. going to get rid of him, and yeah. so the next time that the Gricks. Uh, make their move they're not going to have thrawn to defend them yeah and then you're right then he blows himself up but yeah now you this just leads into like he's been gone 10 years and he and during that series we're just like oh you know he's not that 
cool calculated. He's probably fucking stressed because he doesn't know what's going on. He was able to keep yeah. tabs at least with Arlani. Now he's just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Absolutely. Get me back there now yeah. so I can at least figure out what's going on on both fronts. Right? Because if the Empire is crippled, the whole plan of we'll have the Empire's forces mm-hmm. to fight. But continue. There's a little bit left in the summer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically that ends up being the the final step. So the the full kind of picture that is painted by the end is that the the most of the ruling families who were part of the lead up to the civil war have all their patriarchs uh stepped down now that they've all realized like how much danger they had put the ascendancy in um except for uh Roscue's patriarch um who is basically like no I I don't permit this to be wrong my ego doesn't allow for me to to be in a bad light so that one's a little bit up in the air but it seems like something's gonna be forced because it sounds like all of the people under him are demanding his resignation as well um so that ties up that section on cheery and uh Thales's part there's an entire sub part that i kind of skipped over that is and isn't important uh where Thalius basically learns about the skywalkers and their program and that was cool how it it, it involves mind wiping the kids in a in a kind of similar stance to the Jedi Order, where it's like, well, they miss their parents so much that we just decided, I don't want to deal with this, wipe their memories. Um, and we learned that that has gone through so many steps that uh, the person who is basically the leader of um, this program uh, is Thrawn's sister. Yes. Um, and there is a story that Thrawn has in this book about how um, his one like tragic memory is that he had a sister and she just disappeared at one point. And he wants to find her. Um, but then in the present, when Thalius brings this up, um, Thrawn's sister basically says, there's no point in me in trying to meet him. I don't remember him. I don't have a single memory about him. Um, so in that same vein with the Magus and all this weird, like pseudo force stuff, well, basically force stuff, um, Thrawn's sister and Thalius and Chiri are all basically going to work together to try and figure out if they can more or less discover the force is kind of the implication there of like figuring out why the Magus was able to influence or what that means and uh, delving more into making the program better. Um, or at least that's Thales' outlook on it. Uh, so from there as well, we then also get um, the main thing, which is Thrawn's Exile, which leads into the main Thrawn, uh, the original Thrawn book. Um, like I said, because of uh, all the egos that he's bruised in this, uh, they basically are like, the punishment will be exile. You'll be sent to another planet. Uh, this is actually set up because at one point, Arlani makes a deal with Yiv the Benevolent to exile him to a planet um, in exchange for information on Jixus. And so that setup then allows them to exile Thrawn. Uh, however, there's a second plan running in the background, which is that uh, both of the heads of the Chiss Defense Force, uh, who don't want Thrawn to be exiled, Oh, sorry, don't want Thrawn to just be like thrown out, um, have devised a plan with them that has to do with uh, Thrawn meeting Anakin Skywalker in the last book. Um, and ha- after another part, which is another part of Thrawn's backstory, I'll go after that uh, very briefly because it does have important implications, but not towards the plot beats. Um, through the fact that uh, through another flashback, uh, they had met Nemoidians, who had told them about what had happened at the end of the Galactic, uh, or sorry, the um, Clone Wars. Thrawn then deduces that uh, he is he wants to uh, go somewhere where the Empire 
where he'll be able to get in contact with the Empire so he, he can learn from them so that he can bolster the Chiss Ascendancy with their tactics and technology and all of this new stuff. Because as shield learned, generators. Yeah, as we learned, the Republic Shield Generator tech that he brought back, the Chiss aren't able to replicate. Um, At this so point, his, yeah. Yeah, so his intent is to go there and, and basically gain information and allies to help the Ascendancy. Uh, as we know, that doesn't really turn out the way he was expecting it. Um, but the other kind of... Yeah, well, yeah. And exactly. It's been like, what, 40 years at this point? Um, and the one other thing which um, is, I think, new... I don't remember hearing about him before, um, but they talk... There, There is a uh, character introduced whose name is uh, Syndic Thras. Um, and Thras turns out to basically be... Um, a member of the myth um, family who befriends Thrawn right as he enters their family right. and ends up working alongside him and enjoying his company and seeing what a rising star he is enough that they can, by the end of the flashbacks, they consider themselves brothers. He was chess partners. Um, yeah, chess partners <laughs> and, and mental, so yeah. It, it's, it's a very, like, um, Sherlock and Watson kind of down at Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that ends up bringing up the red herring uh, that I mentioned, where um, their flashback includes this entire story that ends up being this super weapon. Um, the I can't remember its full name, but it's like it's the star something. Um, and its entire purpose is basically that it hard, it basically fires a, a wave that harnesses the power of a sun. Star flash. Star flash. Yeah. To annihilate an enemy force. Uh, however, in doing so, it cripples the sun. Um, and so this is how we learned that Chila, uh, the ice world from the first book, became that way, is that it was used in that system by uh, one of the myth ancestors, um, killed the user, uh, well, all the users who activated it, and not only saved the day, but then also basically crippled the planet afterwards. Um, so it's led up to believe that Thrawn is going to use uh, Starflash to defeat Jixus, and that's going to be why he's exiled. And no, it turns out he was actually taking the gravity well generator tech um, to use instead, which is good and also is bad. I mean, it, it's interesting. There's, there's, it's still available. That's the thing, though. Star Flash is still yeah, usable. There's a lot of kind of interesting implications and and parts that they go through with this book to show Thrawn and, every, and everybody else in different lights. Um, at the end, this is that that is basically the end of this book. There's a couple there's a lot of other stuff I'm skipping over. The one thing I do want to so say at the yeah. end of this book, if you listen to the end minute or so of this book and what Thrawn mm -hmm. is saying, and you listen to the beginning of the Thrawn book, that's the the next novel we're gonna cover, uh, which is the first Thrawn book in the new canon of him mm -hmm. in the Empire. Um it is such a cool mirror to to what you get and like knowing the amount of time that timothy zahn had between that book writing it and then this book the final book um mm. is pretty cool yeah it's a really nice kind of closed circle for Absolutely. both these trilogies um but yeah so again i'm skipping over lots and lots and lots because otherwise we'd be here for another hour um but that is a very brief summary of the lesser evil um yeah i'm, I'm gonna uh pass the mic to you guys as it were uh First thoughts, anything to just, like, let's just get this discussion started. Yeah, Ed. 
What do you got? Um, yeah, this the whole this whole sun the star flash thing made me laugh because just like they're just saying like yeah we have our own star destroyer or, or our own death star but you yeah. know shush <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> so but it also lends credence to the fact that when you know Thrawn sees it being developed he's just like no nah, fleet's better you can do a lot more with the fleet than just one massive thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like and why he was so adamant because like because I know of a thing like it already. But I'm not going to tell you that because then that would be secrets. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But overall, really enjoyed the bits about Sunrise. I feel like got too out of hand at some points. You're just like, oh, Sunrise. Mm-hmm. I was Mr. Macro. Just, just get rid of this fucking place. We don't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> um, but yes, Macro was one of my favorites as well. Just because he's like, yeah. I'm captain of the... Oh, now I'm not captain of the show? Okay, well, I'm still here. Okay, I just got a deal. Okay. I'm dealing... Oh, you're going to punish me? He knows I'm it's all for the greater good. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, everything you told me to do, I'm doing, and I'm putting up with this. I'm like, none of this shit. Takes him to the last book to realize, oh, fuck, you really aren't a spy. Damn, you're in all the way? Damn. Yeah. And then that's yeah. when he was just like, I'll kill all of you. That's when he's that's like, when Samacro oh, became yeah. the character he needed to yeah, be the he, entire he became time. Him at that point, he's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going in, like, <laughs> right? His, and so, sorry. his oh sorry, no, his his personality growth from like starting from yeah, and in, in the original, it's I hate you, Thrawn, to then he can't keep getting away with this. To oh my god, he's actually a genius because he's like every but, time you do, you his, tell me to do something. I don't really think it's a good changed. idea, but then you do yeah. it, and then it works out exactly how we thought, and it worked out for the better. And you're like. I just can't like you. You, you got, you got only so many times before you can discount that. Days and it's not like mm. he's just like oh I love you. It's just like okay, I respect that he knows what he's doing. Pisses me off how he does it, and I will not stop pissing me off that he does it. You, I don't understand your stuff, but I'll go with it because he trusts you, and I'm gonna keep an eye on you because he's mm-hmm. good for the ascendancy. Don't know what you are yet. Why did the family politics getting in the middle of shit? He he's us. Pretty yeah. much the whole time, and it's just like, okay, fine, fine. What what I did find hilarious is him and his like constant assertions that Thales is an enemy spy, mm. and she's just too crafty yes. for him to catch. Contrasted with her abysmal attempt to uh, persuade um, Patriarch uh, Thurfian. Yep, mm. it, it was a good attempt for somebody. That, yeah, it it really wasn't. It was garbage. Her, though, I it, think it's, it made sense. It it it's like on par with Kaz from Resistance, where it's just like, yeah, you're giving it your best shot. You're really not cut out for this. I mean, she just ends up by pulling a gun on him. Yeah, I mean, she ne- like, she never was made to do that exactly stuff anyway. That's yeah, where it's yeah. like she kind no, of like I'm not, lost. I'm it. not saying I'm not saying like, oh my god, she's a terrible character. No, she's <laughs> what would it's you? a bad decision. Yeah. No, no, but but no, it, so I'm, not, I'm not judging her for that. It's mm-hmm. me being like as a macro being like she's some sort of master yeah. enemy spy. Like what she see that impression when she's yeah. just bumbling yeah. through everything, right? <laughs> he, yeah. he definitely had he was overthinking it too much. Yeah, but that's a macro to a T though. Being like, no, I'm see everybody at the fucking worst. Yeah. So that I'm prepared for. Because there's never been a person like, like her on the ship, like uh, a former Skywalker into a caretaker, and then like having a connection with Thrawn, and Thrawn's kind of doing things not by the books. Like I can see where Samacro's like, "What the fuck is happening here?" Um, but you know, we get to where we're at, and there's some like the stuff with um, her is it comes out of left field for me. Like I at the beginning of the whole like Thrawn ascendancy stuff. 
mm-hmm. I was really like hard pressed to like really like this character. But again, like Timothy Zahn has a way of making a character that you like he knows is not like something that you're going to pull into because Thrawn's here, right? Thrawn is a character that you want to buy into the entire way. And you do mm-hmm. because you trust him and you know where he ends up. And then all these characters that come through that are bumbling through stuff and are kind of fighting themselves a little bit. You Big see run. the big change in these characters over the last two books and really fall in love with them, which is why I think, you know, these books will be in my must reads for any Star Wars fan. Now, on a side note, the whole Kilji Illumin. <laughs> First off, still Mark Thompson, great voice. I think, but fuck. Yeah, me, those I things are so hard to listen to. <laughs> couldn't stand them. But it made me think of the Han Solo series where there's the planet with the, the Spice Lords. They're like hot cousins. I can't remember what exactly they're called. But they kind of have everybody in this trance-like state too. So that when they go and people, the people who are so dependent on their like pheromones and stuff like that, just go catatonic basically. Right, right. And it takes forever for them to get out of it, and they need so much help and everything from that. So when this happened, Chloe's looking around, they're all just kind of like, "Well, fuck, what do, what do we do?" They can't think for themselves. Which, yeah. That, but that was such a dick move from from Jixus for no reason. He's just like, okay. "Oh yeah, the the the, the kill fleet's gone." Oh, die. <laughs> yep. Well, he's Good like, luck. you did this. This is your fault. I'm going to shoot you. It's just like, that's yeah. the most imperial thing I've seen anybody do in the <laughs> Absolutely. entire team. Even the Ascendancy people don't do that. They'll they'll give you some grand bullshit. They're more Republic than that, where they give you like some bullshit trial where it's not a trial. You're going to get the sentencing anyway. Mm. But, you know, they're fair about it. Or she's just like, straight up. It's like, you fucking talking to me like that? I didn't see it as anything <laughs> else. I'm like, don't talk to me like that. I'll shoot you. Right. And so from there, it was just like, oh, I was just like, hey, thank God for getting rid of the annoying guy. This sucks. And the <laughs> fact that Kil- they listen to Killori of all people, who was basically Jixus's and Nikir's, he's the only like, one that was his, yeah. who, who they're just like, oh, yeah, this guy, he's been bull- he was the only one talking to them, though, so he must be important. There's just like, I was trying to figure out their mindscape on that. There was like, we but need a leader. Like- it's like it's like the aliens from Toy Story. It's just like, we need a leader. It's just like, yeah, really? Oh, okay, fine, fine. Yeah. He couldn't have been like, you there, what do you do? You're important, you give orders. And it's just like, nah. Mm, not how it works. Fine, I'll do it. Shoot him. Okay, sir. Yeah. It's like, you fucking automaton. Like, dude, at that, at that point, just run. You, you command them to do anything and they do it. So just yeah. run. At that, You don't want to deal with these chits anymore. Like, you're, you're terrified him the whole time. You keep trying to get away, you can't. Yeah. Fuck, it's... Killory's whole thing, like, it didn't end as well as I wanted it for him mm. at that point. He's still there, like, though. Still yeah, he but can it's do. just like, I wanted a conclusion for him, either throw him in prison yeah. for this oh, yeah. nonsense that's been going on, <laughs> just all the kill stupid him shit. for this nonsense that's been going on, or just sanction him or something, because now he, you need to, if anybody, the one who's had most contact with Jixus has been him. Pull him in for questioning. Don and he's still wanting to work oh, no, with him, right? Like he's still kind of. I can't remember how he ended up at the end of this. Well, he was so it's... damn neutral. He didn't want to. He didn't want to yeah. join any. Oh, oh yeah. we're we're neutral. We're neutral. We just guide people around. But you're being taken advantage of. Like there's yeah. a, there's a moment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not until where... like the the very like final minute of the eleventh hour that where it was Vegeta like... and Cell. Where he's yeah, blasting yeah. in the back. And well, and it's it's. Only once he realizes, like, oh, they're 
Jixus is get, probably going to kill me at the end of this. Yeah. Once his own, once he realizes, like, oh, there's no way that I'm getting out of this alive, then he's more than willing. Yeah. yeah. So. Which, yeah. I mean, can you ask, and, but that's the best part of these books, just like, can you really ask any more of these characters doing what they do yeah. in those moments? Like, it's not like it's something You didn't want to be a part of this at field. all. And he got and forced it, into like, it, and then he finally had a chance to be like, I don't want to be this. Yeah, none of anybody's decisions, yeah. for the most part, have been like, well, shit, complete 180. It's mm. it's been for especially for like somebody like some macro has been over the course of time where it's just like okay yeah I can't fool myself anymore. Mm. Whereas these characters have been like this just comes completely in line with how I've been the whole time. Right. Like, sure. Even the patriarchs were just like oh yeah I made a boo boo but I was such a dickhead now I'm just gonna say yeah my bad and step down I fucking mm. that's not how it <laughs> I, works. I, I'm I'm riding around until I die with this shit. Um, Zistalmu. And Thurfian. Yes, that's it. Zestalmu. Zestalmu. Those two. Oh, I, did you oh. remember that from your memory, or is that from? Yes. Oh my god. But yes. holy shit! Oh yeah. yeah. You you should come over to my house next time because we have better snacks and then <laughs> we have better chairs. Yeah, yeah, you do. We should. Okay, are we cool? Are we friends? I don't know. Are we friends? Did be we just friend? become like best friends? I don't know. I hate those two, man. I do too. What are we, what are we uh, gonna do to fuck over Thrawn? It's gonna be our little clubhouse secret. Fuck over Thrawn. It's just like, yeah. why though? Why though? Oh, because they I don't made like us him. feel bad. My my fuck favorite see? part is how quickly Zestalmu turns into like a petulant child. Yeah. Because as soon as Thurfian takes over the patriarch or takes patriarchy, mm. and Zestalmu's like, well, Thrawn's still running around, so that means you actually like him. And it's like, oh my god, dude, you're like yeah. an old man who's acting like a child it, it reminded yeah. me um him and then especially just like the nine in this book mm-hmm. it reminded me so much and I, I'd, I'd be curious if, if timothy zahn took notes from it but like in history um if you look through a lot of times where it's like large bands of nobles coming together for a mm-hmm. common cause the amount of time it takes for it to break out into ego battles is like shocking um, the one that comes to mind immediately for me is is the Third Crusade, um, where I won't go into like a full backstory of it, but mm. um, basically, you know, this huge army of European Christians comes into the quotes Holy Land, takes uh, Damascus, Acre, and Tyre, and then immediate like they haven't even reached Jerusalem yet, which is the main goal. As soon as those are taken, it's just immediate squabbles of like, no, I deserve Damascus because. I took part in the battle and I think I killed the most heathens. Oh, well, I want it because I'm French, so I'm better than you, yeah. you filthy Englishman. Oh, well, I actually think that the Germans... It's like one-upping like, each other, trying to... And well, and specifically in the Third Crusade, there that infighting fucked the Crusade for the foreseeable future because it ended up being like whole groups leaving. Yeah. Because they were like, well, I didn't get what I wanted, so you can all fuck yourselves. Well, think about that, it's too. Like, well, you're, but but in, in that same... Sorry, in that same yeah. thing, it's like, you know, the Ascendancy is supposed to be working towards the defense and the propagation of the chess ascendancy in a much less justified sense the crusade was trying to reclaim the holy land under the orders of god but in both cases you got this like overarching like oh yeah no we all work for you know the last book the greater good and then as soon as ego comes into it it just all shatters immediately absolutely and like there's a lot of you gotta gotta think too like even with dave filoni in ahsoka and all the other stuff that he's been putting Mm. into star wars a lot of it's like the Alexand- uh, Alexandrian history and like mythology there. Um, you have the, uh, you know, Norse mythology and like story, 
stories from history that were inspired uh inspired mm. him to kind of bring it into star wars um i don't see why that couldn't be the similar case with the chist ascendancy because you're right it is ripping itself apart mm. It almost and, did entirely in this book. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's the Crusades, just one example. There's so many examples throughout history of just like a couple people's egos just ruining a country or a nation or just anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that part, God, it was so infuriating mm-hmm. just watching the nine slowly try to destroy their own territory. I just um, loved it. There's a fake yeah. resource over here. Go fight for it. Oh shit! Fake resources. Yeah, it's the it's the panacea resource of everything <laughs> you've ever wanted on yeah. this random ass planet. That's yeah. right here. Go get and, it. Yeah, and we know it's legit because this alien just that we don't know anything about just showed up and told us. But he told us the information, so it must be true. Yeah, we're not gonna scan it. We we see that there's mining operation there. Now, how yeah. old is it? We don't know, but there's mining operation there. So we're gonna go get it. Yeah, it, it's. It's like the personification of, do you really think someone would do that? Just go and lie on the internet? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something else. So, yeah, so this, this book definitely just, it pulls every little emotion out of you where it's just like, you'll find yourself screaming at points. You'll be like, are you fucking stupid? Yeah. yeah. It's just like, you forget for a second that you have all the information where if you, yeah. even, but at the same time where you to put yourself in that position, it's just like, Okay, I know it's stupid, but my patriarch is so fucking blind <laughs> that I'll get in trouble for being reasonable. Yep. Yeah, fuck. Like it's it's such a precarious position to be a captain of a, of a ship, knowing that like you're not because you have this of. Mm-hmm. Let me let me rephrase of the family fleets because that was the big difference. Yeah, if this was it, defense, the defense, if they went to defense force, they would have been like, "Go oh, fuck yourselves." Like we we don't care, but that's what it was smart and everything throughout the last few books to get that set up was to be like yeah do the family fleets are the ones that will will do the most work mm. because they're they're so far up their own ass that they will yeah. do whatever and make or forbid they realized they couldn't go after the forty yeah the rest of the forty because it was just like yeah no they're too there's too small time and look what happened to happily so yeah. with the nine. There's your ins right there. And I instantly thought of Menzo Brands, and it was just like, yeah, how many times? <laughs> and then uh, speak, yes, taking of the that, first houses, yes. Yeah, and speaking to the ego and power as well, you even see the nine overstep their bounds because at one point they're like, yeah, uh, after Aralani basically spanks two of the houses, mm. um, they're like, yeah, get all the defense, uh, the nine are like, get all the defense fleet forces out of here. Yeah. And people point out, like, you're not, you don't have jurisdiction to tell them that. And they're like, we don't care. Shut up. And it's like, oh, okay. So the rules only apply when they you are want them to. in your favor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, it's so blatantly disgusting. And nobody, I like Bakif. I like Jafos, but it's just like, have some fucking bollocks and stand up for your, your absolutely. It's just like, you guys are supposed to be separate. It's it can't be separate when they want it. It's supposed to be separate all the time. If you need to have your guys in that fucking place, defend them. And if the families want to come after you, say like, "What are you gonna do? We can rip your family the fleet mm-hmm. apart. Don't test us. We are yeah. here for X, Y, and Z, and we will be here until we need to be. If you want to be uncooperative, that's fine. You're hurting the ascendancy. We'll strip you of your. We'll go to the fucking what are they called? The um, the assembly or whatever. 
and oh, you stripped the, yeah. of your your family title at that point then and your your yeah. part in the nine like go that route it's, oh it's one of the nine families so we have to I hate that shit yep because yeah. it's like the top tier it's like the five elder stars in one piece yeah. you're pretty much well, and you can you can see how the degradation goes down because the uh, what were they called the Ste- Steiner Steinu, the Steibla. Yeah, we learn about yeah. the the original family that basically created the ascendancy. Yeah, and then they took a step back to become basically like an information broker house. Yep. Um, that tries to guide the Chiss in the right direction, um, and let these other families take over. And we see how that ends up kind of like slowly over time rotting the entire ascendancy. Yeah, and it's like yeah, they're trying to do the right thing, but unfortunately, it wasn't enough. Right? They knew how valuable Thrawn was. They tried to protect them and set them up it wasn't enough at the end unfortunately yep. and it's yep. like you can only you know, do so one, much one, before good intentions is you know all you got it, it's it's basically like I, I feel like the entire point that this trilogy is going over is kind of showing how absolute power or just power in general just corrupts yeah and you can have a lot of good people who have good intentions with their power but if you've got people at the top who are corrupt with it Thurfians. i mean to be completely never fair from the start but not yeah. as intricate as this is as far as we know but the new republic falls into this so hard because there's people we know there's people in it that want to do well we also know <laughs> well, there's so many people and there's so much bureaucracy that nothing gets done and they have their yeah. heads up their asses but the empire too absolutely right? there the were empire people, more so yeah yeah there were good people in the empire trying to do good things but in the majority yep. of cases they Downing didn't each other wield the back. power yeah they didn't wield that political power well because palpatine wouldn't allow it um yeah and it, it all kind of rolls into it and and it's also one point that i'm curious to see uh going forward because I'm, I'm like halfway through the original thrawn book mm. and i haven't seen the other two um but the one thing that kind of surprised me throughout this is I was kind of expecting this to be where Thrawn starts to maybe push a little bit more. And we get a, a hint right at the very end, but kind of pushing a little bit more towards like, I am okay with autocracy. Yeah. Um, because the the one thing that, that I thought was kind of interesting in this book is that Thrawn is the hero the whole time. Mm. And there isn't a single blemish across like anything really in these three books. Um, because all of the the rules that he breaks quotes are ones that aren't very important or morally or ethically important. Um, so it's then surprising to me for him to be like, yeah, all the all the stuff the emperor is doing is fine. And on one hand, it's like I understand that he he only really cares this much about the chiss. So him coming in to be like, oh, look at all these aliens just like hate, hating Fucking or like yeah, over. yeah yeah war crime each other and doing all this atrocities. Whatever, it's not the chiss. I'm just using these guys. Um, but on the other, I am curious, especially now with Ahsoka, yep. that he's like still going along with this. Because um, from the image of Thrawn that I have right now, of of just reading the, the prequel trilogy, yep. is he should have been like, yeah, for the Empire. And then as soon as he gets back to Se- Se- Sepiro, I can't remember the name of uh, where they launched from. Um, oh, when- launched him from? Yeah, 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 I can't remember. Uh, well, no, where they launched, uh, where the Pergils and every and Morgan and everybody launched from. Oh, Setos. Uh, Setos, um, yeah. yeah. Like it, it feels like then he'd get back to Setos, like drop the Night Sisters off, and especially now that Morgan's dead, he'd be like, "Cool, turn around." Uh, now that we dropped them off, we're going back to the Ascendancy. He has I've nothing got, to bring them. That's okay. the problem. Well, he does have. A, he well, he has a Star Destroyer and a bunch of stuff, but yeah. Um, Right, it would be like, okay, now we got the Shadow Council and everybody together. I'm just gonna grab, and who knows, right? I'm gonna grab as many resources as possible and dip. 
because we're the remnant now, unless, of course, as I could see very much being, he comes back and goes, this is the new Republic? Yeah. Yeah, we can do this. Um, I think that's more of where it's going to be, and then he's going to try yeah. and go through that, and then something else happens, right? Yeah. Um, but. It, it's just, it's, it's a very interesting thing, because um, in EU, when Thrawn does all of his stuff in Heir to the Empire and all this other stuff, and then that closes with, you know, his his death. It's like, cool, the story's done. But we didn't know anything about the Chiss Ascendancy until mm. much later in the EU where that all comes in. And then that's a whole different thing because that, that Ascendancy is different. Yeah. Um, now it's kind of a thing. <laughs> now it's kind of a thing where... That was like, like some okay, base boosted so... kitty purrs, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't um... hear them. So they're just oh, it was, it, yeah, was it was so good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, now with the new canon, it, it's kind of a thing because there are so many good people within the Ascendancy. It's like, okay, well, if Thrawn does go down and doesn't escape and then start helping the Ascendancy again, um, it's like, well, I would feel bad now if he goes down without seeing any of these people again. Or um, just the fact overall that, um, you know, he's painted as a villain in all the live action stuff we see him in and all the other um, yeah. TV shows and things like that. And then to see him as more of this sympathetic villain tragic figure and then it being like ah but nobody's gonna know about this unless they do a throne it's only it's, it's such a weird juxtaposition with this character because like in modern yeah. star wars you're getting this like ruthless Holy imperial yeah. dictator essentially right and imperial mastermind and mm -hmm. then in this series you get this character that's really trying his best to save the people he cares about which is the entire ascendancy mm. but he can't because there's so much politics in the way so he tries to find a path forward and then he becomes this character that has a lot more military experience and works through the ranks of the Imperials and then starts to lose it, lose control mm. of his position. And now he's kind of a lost person that's coming back, trying to figure out where he can restart that journey. Um, Cause all the work he did up to this point has got him the shadow council, which is not very big as far as we mm. know. So, unfortunately. Well, I mean, it's it's at least a dozen people, but wh however many forces those right. have, right? We do know that Hux has, like, an um, intense amount of Star Destroyers on mm. um, that one planet in that last movie. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Um, but, yeah, we have... Uh, Exegol? Exegol, thank you. Um, we, have, uh, we have lots of... Uh, interesting things that are going to be happening and i think waiting for this air of the empire movie to happen is like what's keeping me enticed i really am excited for that mm. um and if you have timothy zahn in there i like geez it's gonna be so good yeah but uh is there any last thoughts for for this series for this book um last takes I'm not the, too sure. Oh, the interesting thing was throughout this whole series, we see the difference in technology between Chiss space and lesser space, I guess, if you want to call it. There, the similarities that are there, but the glaring differences, like they're you know they don't have turbo lasers or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They're using more physical weapons than anything. So like breaching missiles, acid, all that kind of stuff. That was the interesting take to me, was to see just how different they were. So, like, let's say the all those ships, all those 
creatures and aliens in wild space and chess space that are using weapons like these and no combat like this, if Thrawn was to come back with even three Star Destroyers and try to oh, fight these guys with deflector shields and yeah. turbo lasers and everything like that, they'd be fine with that. So Dan's point about like, yeah, just turn around and go to the Ascendancy is just like, it would work, but I don't think it would be enough just due to being overwhelmed by everybody mm. in one ship. I think there's technology that were... the Chiss have that definitely would throw the Empire for a loop, like those acid uh, missiles. Like that would, would just eat the Star Destroyers would, apart. But it would just yeah. bounce off the shield, though. No, it goes through shields, doesn't it? They is that a physical di- object? They had different things with that, though. I thought, I thought even with the shields, I that's why like they were the so dangerous. I feel like the energy would just vaporize the acid. It wouldn't make it towards yeah. yeah. the... We, we don't get to see how they interact with Republic tech That's shields. true, that's true, that's true. Yeah. It's just the their own shields. Those versions because, of shields, yeah. 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 yeah, because there's... It's weird, because with this book, he talks about events that happen in future Thrawn books, so it's kind of like... Mm. almost a weird one piece storyline but um you'll see eventually during the main thrawn series what he talks about and he's, the difference is there and he picks up on stuff because it like jumps to the past and jumps to the and future and it's 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 weird but it'd be an, a curious thing to see but i'll just bring up this point again of it's like we see thrawn like what he is during this trilogy and what the plans are and what we know what Jixta said about he was basically just the forerunner and mm-hmm. you know how big is this Chris fleet yeah, where do they come from what's everything gonna happen he's the spearhead by the point in the original Thrawn trilogy he remember he tells them oh I should only be gone for about a year or so yeah yep well, you spend about three or four years with the Empire. Oh, no, he spends more than that, does he not? He spends well, the entirety of the Empire with them. I mean, no, because the Rebellion had barely kicked off mm. before Empire, he, gets, he gets launched out into Paradia. So he'd be, I would say, like, yeah. 10 years now? Because Rebel, oh, Rebel, it's a, that it's a 19 was a, year... It's a 19-year Empire, right? Yeah. He was, but the the real fight with the rebel with the rebellion only lasted two years. Two, yeah. So, so twenty one years, and we know he's the gone for eight of those. Yeah, we know the empire is established before he shows up. Yes, because like we have um, Moff Tarkin. The Mo- so there well, is a- the Nemoidians at the end of this book. Yeah, he's he's yeah. he's at the Royal Academy for what like six months or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's Three short months, time. Six months. And then throughout that time, he he gets promotions because he starts off as a lieutenant uh, lieutenant commander, and he gets promoted and promoted and promoted over the course. How long does the Night Swan thing go on for? That mm. Noma will get it. You'll have the most knowledge of that right now. But how long does that go on for? We also know that he's ben, part of Rebels, right? So like he in that that was that. Remember Ezra Ezra grows up during that yeah. too. Mm, that's right? 10 years in and then i think it's like a four or five year span and then another eight then we, years away yeah so like he's been in it for i would say some time yeah he, one year i'll be gone yeah like fucking 16 Decade. years later, who the yeah. fuck is this guy Decade and a half. right yeah how long does it take for the grist to realize oh shit he, he's not coming back he's 
we did get well, we rid also of get him. you know oh no no i can't say anything never mind no no you can't that's i'm trying to skirt yeah. around, <laughs> Try to skirt around that one appreciate it yeah no worries i was like but there's that one thing um so, so it's just like it it's some time before he even goes back ish normally you're close to getting some more info on that mm. um but so that event might have a bit of a bit of leeway but it's it's tough to it's tough to figure out and that's why i think we need another series there's yes there's ahsoka yes there's all that that's happening there but i'd like another book an ascendancy book just in the interim mm -hmm. maybe follow arlani maybe follow follow some macro because thalius and shiri aren't going to be really a part of it as much anymore Hell, follow Kilori at this point. <laughs> you know, like just something to give us a little tidbit of like, yeah, you set this up beautifully, mm. but now he's been gone so long. What happened? Yeah, what's going on? I don't want to just get thrown in to be like, what? What the fuck is this? You know, like I, I like this is where I'd want a book or a little mini series on what the hell's going on there. Mm -hmm. No, we'll see. We will. We will. And I think that does it for this episode. We really compressed that. Noma, you did a good Had job to. at doing the synopsis, <laughs> man. Um, there's so much more to talk about with this book and this series. Mm -hmm. um, I, like, I, I wish we could go on this for hours. But uh, Well, yeah. we are, you know, covering the next three books in the trilogy. We are. Coming up. And so at the end, we could always do a retrospective that'd of be all fun six yeah definitely that'd be a good idea yeah. um but i think yeah i think uh it does it for this episode let's jump into the outro welcome to the outro of the podcast we're gonna start it off with something we haven't done in a long time and that is the ranking of this book um, if you want to guys jump into that document, we're going to rank this book that we haven't ranked anything in so long because of the TV series yeah. we're watching. To be honest, I forgot we did this. I know, I did too. <laughs> I did too. It's been so long. I think the last book we covered was August 2022. Princess cool. and the Scoundrel? Jeez. No, Shadows of the Sith, I think. You know, the worst part I was seeing... Oh. You know, the, <laughs> That's the how Star long Wars... ago this was. The Star Wars encyclopedias are coming out now, and they mm. have these characters in it. So, like, Ochi of Vestoon was in it. Yeah. The Knights of Ren were in it, and one of yeah. them is like, what are the key points with this character? This character? Dirty shoes. <laughs> I started laughing <laughs> so fucking hard. I, I need to find oh, it. because no. Dirty like, shoes. It goes yeah. to oh, it's like fighting stance. Oh, he was one of the worst ones you know from the book. And it's just like, bro, they had, like, 10 seconds of screen time before oh, getting fucked boy. up on, in yeah. the movie. Like, these are wasted characters that you have. You literally have no console. What planet are they? What planet is Oshi from? Unknown. What race is unknown? Unknown. It's like you why, go back why, to the Mars Eisen Cantina. Yeah. Yeah. The two guys at the bar who get their arm cut off. They yeah, have a fucking full, rich history, yeah. a full backstory. And yet this, stuff up. It just leads to more and more and more. How this was just a shit cash grab. <laughs> yeah. of yeah. a series. Welcome to the the sequel uh, trilogy bash fest. <laughs> fuck. In that oh, case, let's jump yeah. back into this our ranking like, here. <laughs> no, don't, mention, don't mention Shadows of the fucking System. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm Go gonna, I, I'm gonna give Noma the first crack at this one. 
Sure. Uh, so I'm going to be honest. I might have to come and revisit this because, like I said, I forgot we did rankings. I did so too. I need to look at else to uh, kind of slot it into perspective. Uh, that being said, um, I'm still hovering. I, I think I'm going to, uh, I'm hovering between like an 8 and an 8.5. Mm. Um, I think I'm going to give it an 8. Um, and so my main reasons for that are that this is a very good book. Um, I really like how this ties everything together. I really like the character arcs that we get to see from this. Um, honestly, my only negative point towards this book is that coming back into it, if I were going to reread this or re-listen to it, as it were, um, there would be huge chunks that would now on second yep. listen, yeah, be kind of like empty air. Um, because I already know where this is going. I already know all the twists. I think that's the thing, though, is like, because you know it already, you would be okay listening to it without some of these parts in it because you know what happens in the background. An abridged version. Yes, mm -hmm. an abridged version would be but, interesting. Yeah, and, and so that's the thing. Like, yes, you were right with all those things. However, because it's 23 hours. Yes, that's the thing. yes. With chaos, with Normal chaos books rising, are like 12, 13 hours. Yeah. yeah. With Chaos Rising, it's still at an, like, I see it's at a nine, and I can already tell that reason is because I can go back and listen to the full thing. And yeah, it's like 12, 14 hours, but it's not huge. Yeah. This is almost a day. So that yeah. that then becomes the issue. For it's like listening to two full audiobooks slapped together. Yeah. yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Ed. How about you? I'm also giving it an eight for a lot of the same reasons. Like I believe it could be two books. Uh, the thing with this series, I almost wish they didn't call it Thrawn Ascendancy, but just Chess mm. Ascendancy at that point. I feel like it was called Thrawn, so it would drag people into reading this one. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it was more of an attention grabber. But if it was just Chess Ascendancy, I'd be more comfortable with the fact that like, Yes, Thrawn is a big character, but at times it doesn't even seem like he's part of the story at all. Yeah. If that's due to just the fluff, if that's due to so having so many characters. And this is like the opposite of what we're saying in the in the TV dramas. We're like, you know, we could have used an episode to flesh out some yeah. of these characters. We could use this. We have a book where they're less more time. than fleshed out. We, <laughs> yeah. we know these people's histories inside and out and their motivations and everything like that. Like mm -hmm. We are given immense detail to the Absolutely. point where it's just like, I find like we've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other and there's no happy medium. So <clears throat> while we did get what we asked for a lot of the times in this book, it, how much is too much? You know, I'm like, we got this spoiled is where I feel like a lot. And this is where I feel like if you call it Chiss Ascendancy, I'm more open to the fact that there's going to be so many different characters and all their stuff where it's just like, I'm not thinking, okay, but where's Thrawn? Okay, mm -hmm. but get back to Thrawn. Okay, but where's Thrawn? So that way, if it's Chiss Ascendancy now, and then when he gets exiled, then it becomes Thrawn. Then it's just like, okay, I can I think get behind it. It wouldn't have he sold as much him. if it was just Chiss Ascendancy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not. So I understand. Yeah, it's just like it would make more sense. Behind it. <laughs> It could have been like Thrawn, the Chiss Ascendancy, lesser evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know, much, I know. Right? Like, You're adding so much. Yeah, yeah. It's rough. So, like, hard decision to make. I get it. And I understand it. I wish it wasn't. And that just leads more to this, the rating where it's just like, I enjoyed it, but yeah. look how long it took me to finish it just because I had to, like, hype myself up to get back into it. The other ones, I would just be it like, took I me, can't stop listening to this. It took me three attempts to get into the book. I, mm -hmm. I listened to the first three hours, I think, yeah, three or four times before, the, like, the last time I was just like, okay, through. I'm just gonna push through this a little bit more and then as soon as I did, I'm like, this has gotten so much better and I was listening mm -hmm. to it 
consistently enough that I am finally getting through a backlog of podcasts that I've, mm. I, I've had for almost a year and a half that I'm like, finally, I can get to these podcasts. And it's just like, that's the thing is when you'd have a long book like this, it takes the time out of other things. Right. Yeah. And podcast listening is that thing. Like the only part that kept me really invested was like the last quarter of the book. Yeah. Where it was just like, Oh, God, this okay, like, you, you gotta finish this now. You can't leave this hanging mm. sort of thing. Like you put a good cherry because, on that. Yeah. Cause I kept, I kept, hovering around that three quarters part where i was just like i still have like this like five hours to go four hours because god damn and that was before like that was just around like hey the skywalkers are this and i was just like i'm already having issues with you calling them skywalkers so i don't really want to hear like you really you couldn't call them anything else yeah but then, then we missed that yeah, that, that point in Greater Good when let me like, you're punch called, you what? in the yeah. nose yeah. with this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. But it it's a it's a good book. It's just that there, you really need. I feel like you almost need to sit down and actually read this one because mm. it'll put you to sleep. Otherwise, just listening to it. For me, it was I didn't after the first four hours of this book, I didn't look at the time. I just put it on play when I drove to work. I put it on play when I was doing the dishes. I put it on play while I was doing laundry, like all the chores, walking around, like all that stuff. It was just play it, play it, play it, and play it until it is done. And then I got near the end, and I'm like, how much time I got left? It was like 35 minutes. I'm like, no, there's too many more. And then there's the three books. So we got to read through those. But I guess my rating on this one is slightly higher. It's an 8.5. The reasoning is... I think I enjoyed this one more than Greater Good. Got the connections with a lot of the things that we know in the other Thrawn trilogy and then leading into what we have with Ahsoka now. And I think a lot of the stuff that I've read prior to this has made me enjoy this more and anticipate this more. Um, and all the same points that you guys said about the longevity, the, the parts and pieces that could have been minimized or mm. abridged in some sort of way. Um, I think it's good that he fleshed it all out because if he didn't give us this, he would probably have to make a Chiss Ascendancy book by itself and, and add this in there. And maybe that would have been a good idea, but it may have been confusing for us to kind of piece it where it should be um, yeah. with the, the timeline that this book is. Um, but I mean, honestly, hats off to Timothy Zahn for being one of, if not the best author in the Star Wars fandom. Mm. I can't think... I mean- of another author off the top of my head that has blown me away as much as Timothy Zahn has. Just for the full-scale world-building of, like, this trilogy. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the only book that I can think of is Tarkin, and that was made... That was written by... um, Was that Soul? No, Mm. it was uh, James Luceno. Mm. Oh, Luceno does some good ones, too. Yeah, like, he... He, he, That was so good. Didn't Luceno do... The um, no, that's Drew Carperson. I'm thinking of never mind, but again, he only made one book, whereas this is a six yeah. book double trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and no offense to Tarkin, but one planet versus a whole an entire stretch of space, yeah, yeah. like in mm-hmm. a new galaxy that we're in, right? Essentially, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, there's that, there's you know, the stuff that Charles Soule has done, but just as like a person who just always hits good. I can't think of a better author in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so hats off to you, Timothy Zahn. Maybe one day we'll have a conversation on the podcast or an interview sometime. <laughs> it's one of my dream things I want to do with this podcast. Um, maybe one day. I, we'd have to like get our, our fangirling out 
way before. <laughs> but Seriously? Uh, yeah, no, I think. Yeah see, yeah, see, there you go. Our ratings for Shadows of the Sith are the lowest oh. we have of ever. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, you gave it a one point five. My God, uh, I couldn't it. finish it. It's the only book I remember not being able. Yeah, to you finish. guys did not finish this book. You no, both did. Yeah. Um, the fact that I did and I gave it a lower rating than Ed did. <laughs> I think it's because you got to the point like right after the point you got to it got even worse right yeah um, but anyway uh. <laughs> on that note let's jump into how you can get a hold of us and let us know what you thought of the Tron uh, Tron the Tron the Tron Ascendancy <laughs> the Tron Ascendancy book series and this last book Lesser Evil Ed how can they do that Absolutely. You can find us over at voiceoftheforce.com where a lot of this information will be available and some extras will be there too. You just got to check it out, such as our shop. I'm going to plug it in because we don't plug it in anymore. Uh, you can contact us by email. That is connect at voiceoftheforce.com. On social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Our handle is at voiceforcepod. So anything you do retweet or repost on those platforms it could be anything that we find funny we post something could be something going on anywhere in the star wars universe retweet that repost that it helps with growing the listener base and it's very much appreciated on our end and remember please listen to us you can listen rate review follow and subscribe to the podcast on apple podcasts google podcasts soundcloud spotify amazon music audible where you can listen to a lot more audio dramas on there as well and all major podcast platforms. Reviewing us with five stars and a comment does help with visibility. And once again, we really do appreciate this. We're also on Twitch. Remember, Tuesdays, 10 o'clock, Fridays, 6 p.m. We are twitch.tv slash voiceforcegaming. Anything you see there, please come out and enjoy the time. Talk with us, chat with us. It's really informal kind of thing. We'd love to have you there and we have fun with what we do. And please subscribe for free so that you can get the latest episode as soon as it releases. Thank you so much, Ed and Noma. And remember, Ron will be back. With Kiori And Imperial Star Destroyer that may be class one or class two. God, that was funny. That was good. <laughs> when did it turn to that? Did he just decide, hey, just stick it on 10 on? Just, just do yeah. the thing. Just do the thing. <laughs>